0: Do personal relationships have the power to shape a leader's perception of individual performance? The significance of fostering healthy workplace relationships cannot be underestimated. Extensive research has shed light on our ability to connect with diverse individuals, revealing that we are not only happier, but also more productive in doing so. However, how much does the ability to forge strong workplace connections truly influence better performance. In this episode, we are going to uncover the interaction effect between relationship building and other leadership behaviors. Welcome to the 90th percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zanger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm Brianna Corin, and joining me today is renowned psychometrician, Joe Folkman. Hello, Bri. You know, in preparation for this podcast, I took an online quiz to see if I was a people person, and it said that I was 50% a people person. (laughs) But I don't know if I trust the results because it was mainly geared towards teenagers, and it had a few misspellings, (laughs) so... I don't know, but I'm 50% there. Are you a people person?
1: Well, it depends on the day. Some days, yeah, but (laughs) other days, I'm a bit of a grump.
0: There you go. So (laughs) I like it. But today's employees, they want to work from home and have more balance and flexibility and – are they as interested in workplace friendships We're wondering about that? So Captura did a study with 1,000 employees looking at 14 different factors like compensation, recognition, work location flexibility, and relationships with coworkers. And guess what? Relationships with coworkers ranked the lowest on things that they were looking for in their work. In fact, only 11% of employees ranked relationships with coworkers as a top three Factor in job satisfaction, so a majority of remote workers, fifty-two percent, say it's minimally or not at all important to have friends or other close social relationships at work. What what do you think
1: of all of that, Joe? It's oh, really interesting. We know it's critical, and it's interesting that a lot of people try rationalizing that workplace locations, uh, whether they are in the office or remote, it doesn't matter that much. But you know me. Mm-hmm. I like seeing what the numbers tell me. What can we learn about the performance and how it influences relationship skills they have? And and so at the end of the day, uh, does your boss care about your people skills or your ability to get stuff done, which is most important? Using Zinger Folkman's what you call our golden database yes. of leaders, right? I created an index measuring six distinct behaviors that reflect good relationship-building practices. Now, I analyzed data from 12,299 individual contributors to explore the link between relationship-building and performance rankings. (laughs) So I was going to see, you know, if people liked you, would your performance rankings be higher? Yeah. Managers evaluated each of the individuals on 59 behaviors, but in addition, they ranked their productivity and effort mm-hmm. as, a, as a whole, and so that was the performance ranking that they gave.
0: So when you decided to run these numbers, I was thinking that relationships would definitely show up in the top three as, you know, something that your boss really thought was important for the people that work for them. And you want, you want people with technical skills, but you also want people with people skills. Uh, what, what were you thinking?
1: Well, I just read this book by Michael Bengay Stainer. He said in the book, the book was called How to Work with Anyone. And in there, he makes the statement the quality of your work in relationships determines your success and your happiness. Mm, bold claim. Uh, yeah, well, and I believed that. I mean, I thought, well, that's true. Mm-hmm. Relationships are really important. But contrary to expectations that relationships reign supreme, this research identified seven other capabilities that had greater influence on the performance rankings than relationships did. The first was establishing stretch goals. The second, Mm -hmm. drives for results. The third, inspiring and motivating others. Fourth, displays integrity and honesty. Fifth, uh, takes initiative. Sixth, technical, professional expertise. Seven was solving problems and analyzing issues.
0: So let me get this straight. If your boss were to sit down today and he were to rank the skills that he wants from the people working from him, (laughs) Relationship building would come in number eight. After all of those things, I think all of these others are coming up before because of their direct impact on like job related outcomes. Like, okay, so number one was, was what? It was establishes stretch goals. Every boss, every boss wants someone Who wants to set a stretch goal, of course, to go above and beyond. That's the discretionary effort that we just, that's the gold we talk about. This reflects an individual's ability to take on challenging tasks and achieve tangible outcomes. It shows motivation, drive, determination, which naturally translates into higher performance rankings. So that makes sense to me.
1: And look at number three, it was inspire and motivate others. You know, that demonstrates an individual's capacity to create a positive work environment, foster productive relationships among team members, and to bring energy to work.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, inspires, motivates, always finds a way (laughs) into, like, everything. It really is golden competency. Um, I did find the inclusion of perceived honesty and integrity. That was number four. Yeah, honesty, integrity, in the rankings. I thought that was interesting. That shows the significance of ethical conduct in the workplace, trustworthiness, integrity are vital for establishing a positive work culture. So yeah, it's up there.
1: Well, and taking initiative, right? uh, That showcases proactive approach to work, indicating individuals are self-driven. They're able to identify and act on opportunities without constant supervision. Mm -hmm. But also think about technical and problem-solving skills. Gosh. I mean, if you didn't have that, I mean, well, you don't know what you're doing, right? <laughs> You won't complete the <laughs> Who cares if you have a good relationship if you don't know what you're doing? Sure. And Can you solve a problem? So these things, it, it's like, duh, those things are more important than your relationship, right? When it
0: comes to the performance.
1: Well, and you know what the silver lining is here, Bree? The worries about relationship building is that it would bias people, huh. My boss likes me. I mean, yeah. this is all about who who do you like, not about what, whether you get your work done. And this was all about getting the work done. So people believe that because a person has a positive relationship with a boss, that influences the boss's perception about their
0: performance. But in this study, it just wasn't there. And that's that has, that's an onion with a lot of layers. But yeah, in this... In this case, the scoring of relationships did not lead to an elevated performance bias. So after learning this, you may be tempted to think, okay, what is the big deal everybody's making about being better at building relationships? Would you rank it dead last on a list of workplace benefits like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast and therefore you should not put forth a focus effort to utilize this important skill?
1: Well, my curiosity wasn't satisfied. (laughs) Never. I wanted to look closer at the influence relationship building had on other skills. And I, I wanted to understand the impact it had on the seven other skills that came before it. And so I wanted to see if it had influence on those skills. So we explored this. We divided the individual contributors into quartiles based on the relationship building skills and then analyzed the variance. This allowed us to compare the average scores on the seven capabilities across the different relationship building groups. The results showed how individuals with strong relationship building skills in the top quartile were more effective on all the seven skills. In other words, building relationships helped them to set stretch goals helped them to take initiative. It helped them to do all these other skills. So
0: for example, let's look at that, that top skill you were saying of, of stretch goals. Those individuals who are at the bottom 25% on relationship building only rank at the 30th percentile on um, this skill of establishing stretch goals. And you can see similar scoring on the graph that I'm looking at for all of these competencies. So on the flip side, those who are really good at relationship building, top quartile scored above the 75th percentile, on like all of these skills. So in other words, like you were saying, being good at relationships improves people's perceptions of other skills. It has this ability to lift. It interacts well with well,
1: them. Yeah, and it's this interaction effect that went across all levels. There's a halo effect for relationships. When you're good at relationship, it enables you to be more effective at other skills. It can lift your performance. Think about trying to get others to embrace stretch goals. If they are very ineffective at relationships, people may resist uh, supporting a stretch goal because yeah. they don't like you. Right? It's sure. like, it's like who's going to embrace a stretch goal? Go, I hate that guy. I really don't like that guy. Right? Yeah. So having this ability to set stretch goals was really interdependent with your ability to build relationships.
0: Hmm. So, you know, in 2022, uh, Gallup did a study of employee satisfaction at work and found that of employees who had a work BFF were satisfied, while only 15% of those without a work BFF were satisfied. It's important to have those relationships. I came across a great story that I wanted to share quickly of this woman. Her name is, um, she's an author, Sarah Watcher. In the spring of 2006, she started working for an ad agency. She said the work was not glamorous as a junior copywriter. And three months in, she had run out of ways to talk about open floor plans and stainless steel appliances. It was getting a little boring. And she'd also noticed a few things working there, like how one of the senior writers' copy was Always littered with kind of creepy innuendo or how the agency owner would scream at junior account staff whenever a client was upset. Just some toxic things within that workplace. And the the fact that they had to be there at 8.30 a.m. no matter how late they'd worked on a pitch the night before. Then she said, Andrea showed up. She said, like me, she'd moved to Phoenix with her partner. Unlike me, she'd spent years working at large agencies in Chicago. And she took one look around and realized the place was a total mess. And within weeks, she said she started spending more of her time in her office. And they'd bounce ideas off each other and give critiques. They'd get burritos and crack jokes about the creepy guy. And she made her work better. And she taught her a lot. And she said, for one, she taught me that I wasn't lucky to be there. I was underpaid and underleveled. I quit that job after 10 months. But Andrea, she just visited last month. She texted last week. She's one of the first people I'd call in a crisis. She says, I wouldn't trade that friendship for anything. But friendship at work isn't just about happy hours and forced fun. It's about feeling seen and understood. It's about feeling like people are in your corner when things get hard. And I just thought that was a great example of the power of a friend at work, someone on your side. And there are so many stories and studies of how friendship can make work better. And in our efforts to set healthy boundaries with employers, we should be careful not to build walls too big to forge friendships that can benefit our performance, but our personal life as well, day to day.
1: So... Before we disregarding your likability and attributing any personality defects to something your coworkers just need to deal with, <laughs> it's essential to recognize the invisible impact that relationship building has on your overall performance. Your ability to effectively communicate with others extends beyond solving your own problems. Your proficiency in listening builds trust and establishes integrity. Your friendships inspire others to reach higher, stretch alongside you and work harder. While the ability to forge good friendships may not be the main thing you're getting out of work each day, its influence spreads across every dimension that drives excellent performance. The lesson here is clear. Don't leave these relationships to chance. These friendships are worth attention and effort. My conclusion is that Michael bengay Steiner is correct. The quality of your working relationships does determine your success and your happiness.
0: And we would highly recommend Michael's new book, How to Work with Almost Anyone. It's available on Amazon. <laughs> <Animal>. said almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> the 90th percentile and Unconventional Leadership Podcast was written and recorded by Brianna Corin, Jack Zanger, and Joe Folkman. And produced by Zanger Folkman. If you're interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at ZangerFolkman.com. If you like our podcast, tell your friends and coworkers about it, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave us a great review really like to read them. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in our episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com.